our bulletins today. Carol has put a thing in there about Valentine. St. Valentine. St. Valentine. And uh, I just want to share that for a moment. If, if you, it's inside your, inside your bulletin there. But I have to turn up lights for I can see mine. Thank you, Carol. But you talk about love, I mean... I'll read this and we'll back over. It says, The Roman Emperor Claudius II in 200 AD forbid young men to be married. He thought single men made better soldiers without the worries of a wife or children. But a priest named Valentine defied the emperor's order and secretly married Christian couples. Judge Asterius sentenced Valentine to a three-part execution. He violated that law. First by beating, stoning, and decapitation. Well, the judge's daughter, the judge who ordered this, was born blind. Valentine prayed for her and instantly she was healed. After Valentine's beheading, a note was found in his cell about the Lord addressed to the judge's daughter. It was signed, from your Valentine. Valentine execution was on February 14, 269 A.D. The judge eventually became a Christian as a result of his daughter's healing and the peace Valentine showed. Now, folks, I mean, you talk about love. You talk about being committed to the Lord. I mean, a law was passed that was against the law of God. God created marriage, amen? Even though he was never married himself, right? I know. But think of that. And Valentine's like, I'm going to do the wedding. Knowing against the judge's orders, knowing what's going to take place against him, they take him and they put him in prison to be executed. And there's this guy, this judge who has ordered him to be executed, has a daughter born blind. Now right off the bat, you yeah, teach you, huh? <laughs> yeah, he messed with me, your daughter's born blind, yeah. Be sure God's love. Go over and pray for the one that you're going to execute him. And the daughter was healed doing the work of the Lord. Then he writes a letter explaining that and he's executed. And the one who causes execution through his love to get born again. Wow. So that's how we got started on Valentine's Day. And showing uh, unstoppable love. Now it was somehow we brought in cupids and then little things flying around. I'm not sure how we did that. Hallmark got a hold of it and boom, it went. But truly, I mean, Valentine was, was a real person. He was a, a Christian. Love God. And it goes back to what we were sharing last week, I believe, that we say that Peter acknowledged Jesus as, as Christ, said, upon this rock. And so this week I'd actually, if you have the opportunity, to get in the book of John and read the book of John. You know, not just take my word that Jesus is the Son of God. And I know I appreciate it when you believe me. But for ourselves, each one of us would get there and say, "May listen, 
Jesus is the Son of God. He is the Christ. He is the Anointed One. And when that rock is built, when you stand upon that rock, when you know that you know, not because I said it or my wife said it or your buddy beside you said it, but when you have that one-on-one, He is. Then there's no more wavering. I mean, it's it's going to, you're going to stand, just like Valentine, you're going to stand on that rock. Did not God say to show love? Forgive your enemies? Pray for your enemies? And look what He did. Give eyesight to that lady. God did through Him. And and who knows where it went from there. I mean, you get someone in high authority like that, get born again, it can become pretty contagious because they have a lot of influence, right? Yeah. Stand on that rock. Maybe Tuesday when you're passing out Valentine candy and stuff. Uh, remember me. Uh, but just think about how it come about, you know. And Carol did a great teaching on that a few years ago on Valentine. Anything else you want me to throw in there that I didn't put in there? Okay. But I appreciate you putting that in the bulletin. It's good to understand uh, what we do, that what we do. Amen? Amen. I want to step back a little bit to last week, a couple of places, but talking about Peter and how how Peter got so uh, so strong with God. And one thing that could come to my mind is, as I was in prayer, me and God was hanging out. He said, "You know, Peter hung out with Jesus a lot. You know, if you want to get to know somebody, hang out with them. Now you can go around and you can talk to Ned and get an opinion of me. You know what Starkey's like." Or you can go up and talk to Vicky and get an idea, you know, what Gail's like. Uh, but if I want to know what Ned's like, I ought to hang out with him. You know, some people's opinion of other people aren't correct opinions, right? Amen. So, man, if, if you have something, and we're talking about our salvation, you have something that you are staking your eternity on. But something that, man, that you when we leave this world... That you're going to go to a better place we call. We call it heaven. Amen. If you're staking your whole life on that, we ought to know who we're talking about, right? So what we need to do, we need to hang out with Jesus more and more. You know, we hang out with Him in His Word. And I was thinking of doing praise and worship there. I, I can't remember the songs too well, but it's just that it always shows that He's always there to rekindle us. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I, I can't think of the uh, two of these songs back, probably, but something, nothing in my hands, but empty-handed, but He restores me. I think it is. You know, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, this is a God that still pursues us. I mean, if you ever got mad at God before, I ain't talking to you no more. He still talks to you, don't He? He's still pursuing you. you know? He's gonna chase you until it's till our last breath. Think of that. Take your last breath, Susan. He's not going to give up on you. Even the whole world writes you off. Ain't going to talk to you no more. You've done the unthinkable what it might be, but God is still pursuing you. What a love of forgiveness that He has. What's that? We'll stop listening to Him. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes what we'll do, we'll get things outside entrances to interfere with us, you know. He's trying to speak to you. He might crank up your radio a little bit more. He might do here. or You ever have him wake you up at 2 o'clock in the morning to talk to you? Amen. Uh, and so, why does he do that? I think he has your undivided attention then, I think, you know. 
Everything else is shut off. But if you have a hard time hearing from the Lord, uh, turn down whatever you're listening to or shut off the TV. And We have this thing now, they call it Reflections. It, it plays music on TV. It has scriptures. I don't know if you guys have that or not, but it's real peaceful. And we had it on there last night, and we had it on a loop thing. It plays two or three times, you know. It just, uh, it's just awesome. Just a way of connecting with the Lord. But uh, just think how much He pursues us and how He doesn't give up on us. And, and that's what Peter, I mean, I, he hung out with Jesus. I want to share one area here that I think amazing is in uh, Matthew 17, the 17th chapter of, of Matthew. Now, I don't know whether Peter had uh, more time to hang out with Jesus. I mean, he had this inner circle going on. But in Matthew 17, verse 1, and I'll jump in here and it says, uh, So six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James. And James the Great. Now, when he says James the Great, it wasn't he was greater than James the Lesser. It's kind of like in our church here, years ago, we had three Joes in here. We had uh, Big Joe. Yeah, we had Big Joe. We had Little Joe, then we had Joe. Uh, because Big Joe, tall. Little Joe, he was short. And then Joe was very mature. <laughs> He's the older one, okay? So they didn't describe that they were greater Christians. It's not saying that James the Great was a greater. He was a tall in statue, with James the Less, but a shorter one. And we got three Davids in here. David, David, you guys about the same size? Now you got one tall one, you got one little shorter one. Yeah. And Dave Crawford's back there somewhere. So yeah, we got three Davids. So they say John, James, and John, which was James's brother, and he led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments became as white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with them. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be there. If you wish, I will make three tabernacles here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground and were terrified. And Jesus came to them and touched them and said, Get up! Do not be afraid. And lifting up their eyes, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. Now, now, how impressive would that be? I mean, come on, you hang out with, with the one you live. You hang out with Jesus. And you're on this mountain. The transfiguration, he goes into his glory. You see Moses and Elijah. Would you not think that this dude is really the Son of God? And I say, dude, this person, this man, however you want to, you know, Jesus is not offended by our terminology. How impressive would that be? But whoa, then did, God speaks. This is my son. Well, well, please. Do you think all doubt be wiped away of who Jesus is? Don't you think you catch on fire like, man, woo, I don't care. I am not turning my back on him. Amen? Amen. I mean, again, I don't know how Peter was selected except that maybe he had a a heart greater for God, he wanted more. The other nine are doing great. You know what I'm saying? Well, Judas, you know what happens to him later on. But, you know, but, and nothing wrong with them. They are, they be, we would call them Christians today, followers of Jesus. 
Okay? But maybe, maybe they had more outside interests going on. I don't know. You know? And it's like some of us here. Some of us here still, we, we work well. I've been retired for a while, but uh, I have more leisure time maybe. And then like Ned and Chuck and Marty back here because they farming. And if you know about farming, even when you retire, you don't retire. You know what I'm saying? So I might have more time to dedicate different parts uh, in ministry work till they are busy planting and stuff like that. So, but we got Peter, we got James the Great, and we got John seeing this awesome thing on this. Wow. And then we're going to step back in the scripture we had last week. As time goes on, Jesus, in Matthew 16, we were there last week, verse 13. I'll just give it a second, we still have some folks that turn pages. Which I do, I brought my page turner in today. <laughs> and I remember to plug my Kindle in too. I brought it in town the other day to read the Bible while I was sitting in here. I forgot to plug it in. <laughs> oh my. But verse 13 of Matthew 16, again we read this last week, it said, Now when Jesus came into the district of Cassina Philippi, He was asking His disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say you're John the Baptist. The other is Elijah, but still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? He said, Man, the most important part, and we said this before, Who do you say I am? And Jesus still asked that question today, Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, He said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Now we know that God is a spirit. Amen? So flesh and blood, it wasn't the eyeball seeing this guy, seeing Jesus. It was the spirit of the living God connecting with the spirit of Peter. Saying, man, this is the Christ. I mean, connect. And remember, just, we just read earlier that he saw the transfiguration of Jesus. Amen? But he's saying that part, just seeing that, wasn't what did it. It was a spirit attached to that. There was a connection. It's like praise and worship this morning. For some of us, man, you had that connection. Your spirit and the spirit of living God in you and the spirit of God in His place. He just, wow. It connected with you. Amen? That's an awesome It had nothing to do with physical. It had to do with nothing like that. It was the spirit of God. And he says in verse 18, I also say to you that you are Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not overpower it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Wow, he says, upon this rock, upon the knowledge that you have, and you know that I am the Christ, with that as, as that as a, as a cornerstone, or building block, or foundation, when we say that you know, Jesus is the Son of God, and when we commit that, and we know that, upon that, He'll build your life. Your life will be built upon that. And no wavering. I'm going to build. Boom. Look at Peter now. Here he is. He acknowledged that. And Christ said, I'm going to give you the keys. Now whatever you bind, be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, be loosed in heaven. Otherwise, what do you have in heaven? All good stuff. 
we have the right, the power to do that here and to bind. That's when we ever see, we pray and we just bind that hindering spirit right now that's coming against this person, that person. We bind that spirit of addiction and we say, let God just loose your spirit upon them. That's spiritual warfare. Now, an individual still has the right to do what they want to do, amen? But man, when, when someone's bound, I mean, if, if I'm in this place right now, and I won't bring him up here, and Ryan's got a hold of me, I want to go outside. I, I want to go outside, he's hanging on to me. And a couple of guys came up here and bound him. Now I'm loose to go outside. Now i got to decide, do I really want to go outside? Or, I, or was it, I just don't want, want him to tell me what to do. Okay, so when I pray, when we pray for one another, you say, pray for me, Pastor Man. I get I'm fighting this thing. Yes, we pray. Wow, bind that spirit that's holding you back. Now, do you really want it? Then step to the door. Otherwise, step to the presence of God and follow Him. So that's how powerful your prayers are. We cannot change your free will. You can't change my free will. What you can bind, what is hindering me. And folks, same way, if, you, if you're fighting some type of addiction, it could be any type of addiction, okay? Uh, whatever it is, man, that, that spirit's got a hold of you. Man, get somebody to pray with you. And you can break that thing and be set free from it. That's an amazing thing on that. But how bad do I want it? You know, a lot of times we don't want what we say we don't want, what we're involved in, because we know we shouldn't be involved in it. But we really don't want to get out of it, do we? So we say, oh man, we pray for me. I, I, I got this going on in my life. Well, Prayer works. But we have to have that desire inside of us to change. Get sick and tired of whatever it is. I'm done with this thing, you know. But here we got Peter. Remember, he's standing on this rock. He just acknowledged it. Yes, you are the Lord. I'm going to build my church upon this rock. You seen him transfigured earlier. He heard God say, hey, this is my son. I'm well pleased. Awesome. Now today, right now, if Jesus and Moses and and Elijah would show up, and a cloud would come over us, and you hear God speak, man, what would that do to us? Other than scaring us, you know what I'm saying? But what would that do for your faith? What would that do inside of you? Like, wow! You think you might have had a better night than you had last night? You think this past week you might have made some different decisions? Yeah. Wow, I mean, that'd be awesome. Let's find out what it did to Peter. Let's go to Matthew 26, verse 69. And this is the guy that I am going to build my church upon your right. I'm telling you, Peter. Mm. We're going to find where they just took a hold of Jesus. In fact, Peter just cut a guy's ear off earlier when he came to the garden and arrested Jesus. Trying to defend him. But that sort of way, Jesus said. See, Peter, thinking he was doing right by defending Christ in the physical, was actually doing the work of the devil. Because Christ came to lay his life down. And Peter was interfering. He didn't quite understand. But this is guy, this rock that Jesus talked about. Jesus has been arrested. He's been manhandled. And it says here in verse 69 of chapter 26, now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. That's after Jesus was taken in. And a servant girl came to him and said, You too were the Jesus, the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you are talking about. Look at this. 
If this is Peter, this is the one who knowledge you are the Son of God. He saw the transformation. He's the rock. And right away, things had a little bit of turmoil. And he said, no, 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 no. I don't know what you're talking about. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another servant girl saw him and said to those who were there, this man was well, Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, oh, wait. Jesus had tried to tell him, clear up to this point, all the disciples, what he came for and what's going to happen to him. But man, it, it didn't take root. Now here he is denying Jesus. In verse 72, and again he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. And a little later, the bystander came up and said to Peter, Surely you too are one of them. For even the way you talk, give you away. Ooh. Then he began to curse and swear. I do not know the man. And immediately a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the word which Jesus had said, Before a rooster crows, you will be you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. But look, look at this, this information here. It comes out to us. He said, and again he united with, oh, I do not know this man. A little later, the bystander came up and said to Peter, surely you are one of them, for even the way you talk gives you away. See, he had the influence of, of the master, hanging out with him for three years now. So he's picking up some of the, some of the terminology, you know, and, it, and the beliefs and stuff. But right away, because of his language, oh, they knew it was him. But he knew that he hung out with him. And what did he do? He went back to the old ways. He started cussing. No, my gosh, I don't know. Now, how many times have we done that? How many times does it walking with the Master and we get in a situation and it's very uncomfortable that we're a Christian and some people are asking about that. Are you on them? And maybe they get three or four of them who aren't Christians talking to you and right away, oh no! And you start cussing the show that, hey, I'm still one of you. Because you got scared, right? You got scared to stand by yourself. You got scared to acknowledge Jesus by yourself. And folks, if you did that, didn't Peter do it? You think somebody wasn't going to do it? Peter wouldn't do it. But he did. Then he realized, oh man, what he did. He went out and he cried, I deny my Jesus. And I think part of it was Jesus had already told Peter. And Peter said, man, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to die. I'll stand with you. And Jesus said, listen, man, you're going to deny me three times before like, the rooster crows. And even telling Peter that, Jesus still loved him. Jesus said, hey, we got to get through a few more things right now, okay, Peter? Same with us. Are you perfect? You have a desire to follow Jesus? You have a desire to stand up for Jesus? You have a desire to share the gospel of Jesus? Amen. The Master knows you're not perfect. But in Him we are perfect. Amen. And this is Peter. Look what took in place. My heart goes out to Peter. But then it goes out to each one of us. When we have the opportunity to stand up for Jesus. And we cave in. And folks, we've all done it. You don't have to testify to me. I've been there and done it myself. You know, oh man, why did it blow? It can be different reasons. Sometimes it's 
It could be influenced by the person you're talking to. Maybe be in a powerful position, you know. Uh, or whatever it might be. But here's Peter thinking he would never, never deny Jesus. But folks, Jesus was not done with him. <laughs> Hallelujah. He ain't done with us either. Let's go to John 21, verse 15. Mm-mm-mm. So Jesus is resurrected. He's hanging out with the guys. He said, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Otherwise, am I number one in your life? Do you love me more than your brothers and sisters? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Tend my lambs. Now can you imagine? That moment, Peter, he's still, he's still feeling bad. I mean, he's seen the resurrection of Christ, and he's seen all this going on now. But he think, man, I could have really been in part of this right now. But I denied him. And when Jesus asked him, Do you love me more than these? He said, Yes. Feed my lambs. Otherwise, I want you to teach the disciples. What? I denied him? He wants me. He sees something in me that I don't see. He wants me to. Oh, yes, I will. He says. Jesus says again in verse sixteen. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Hmm. He said to him, Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. And he said to him, Shepherd my sheep. Wow. Not just going to feed him, but shepherd him. To watch out for them. Jesus Christ is trusting Peter, the one who denied him, with his ministry. And the third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to the Lord, You know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. Wow. Look at that. He denied him three times. And three times the Lord allowed him to confess his love for Jesus. He erased that guilt that he had. Said, yes, yes, you denied me. But I haven't changed my plans for you. Same with you. You know? If you call out to the Lord, say, yes, Lord, come and take my life. Take my life, do with it the way you want to. I messed it up. I don't want to live there no more. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be born again. I want a new new life path. And I was, okay, come on, follow me. And you denied him. He still says, Hey, follow me. Christ will never tell you, okay, get up, get out of here. You blow it. He won't say that to you. The devil will. The minute that you sin, the minute you fall into stuff you shouldn't be in, the, and the devil will say, hey, you blow it, get out. This Jesus thing ain't for you. But Jesus said, hey, come on. <laughs> Let's do it again. I mean, doesn't he say seven, seven times seventy in one day if someone offends you? 
Now, he wouldn't expect you to forgive me 490 times, all right? 490 times a day if he wouldn't do that for me, right? Amen. we got to look at it that way. That's why what you're doing today is awesome. You come together in fellowship, encourage one another. All bunch of unperfect people who want to be perfect like Jesus come together to encourage one another, praying for one another, and standing for the Lord. He reestablished him like that. Moses, he's not quite done yet. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. I've never ever in the readings ever seen Peter or read about Peter denying Jesus again. Amen? I've never read it. Maybe some of you all might, but I've, I've never read that. Never denied him again. And we look at Acts chapter 2, verse 1, and we're talking about Jesus has ascended to heaven. Say, listen, I want you to go in. Jerusalem, I want you to hang out. I'm going to send you the comforter. I'm going to send you the strength. I'm going to send you the librarian, however you want to put it. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. saying, but I want you to gather. And you remember they were up in the upper room on the 10th day. It would be the 50th since he rose. And the Holy Spirit fell. And it says in verse 1 of Acts chapter 2, When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as a fire disturbing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving him utterance. Baptized in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Man, now in John twenty twenty, if you remember when Jesus rose from the grave and you come across his disciples, you remember where he he breathed on them and said, "Receive the Spirit." And folks, that's like when you get born again, the Spirit of the Living God comes in you. Okay, and to me, I look at it this way: that once you get born again, that becomes a target for the Holy Spirit to come down upon you, okay? Everyone in that upper room was been breathed on. The Spirit of God was in them. To me, that's why when the Holy Spirit ascended, it came down upon them because they already had the Spirit of God in them. The ones outside, remember from other countries and stuff, and they just come from other towns, they weren't touched by the Holy Spirit. They thought, man, you guys are, are, are drunk. Remember that? Okay. But when you receive it, they they transferred from death to life the minute they encountered Jesus. But they needed more in order to be successful, put it that way. Thief on the cross, we've said it before. He acknowledged Christ as Christ. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Never baptized. Never baptized with the Holy Spirit. Why? But he wouldn't need that extra strength to stand because he's going to heaven. I mean, he got a free ticket, guys. It's kind of like a golden ticket you have on a singing song thing. Help me out. American Idol. Yeah, you can go in to demonstrate. You know, we go in there, and Fred there, he's singing his heart out. You know, he's singing, and Fred just like pouring out. He's sweating. Uh, and they look at him and say, you can go. I walk in. I go, oh, oh I get a golden pass. Boom. I don't have to sing like Fred did. I go, oh, I got a free one. 
And that's what the thief on the cross did, man. He wouldn't need baptism. He didn't need the Holy Spirit emerged upon him because he was going to heaven. Wow. Mm. And we find out here in Acts 14, now it's chapter 2, but verse 14, we just jump down a little bit. And so now, but Peter, taking a stand with the eleven, raised his voice and declared to them, Men of Judea and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, but it is the it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. I'll just stop there then. But we're going back. Remember, Jesus was denied by Peter three times when he was arrested. He was arrested by the people he's talking to. The people out there right now are the ones saying, Crucify! Crucify! Now here's Peter off this rock that the Master talked about, standing on say, listen, I'm going to tell you something. And he brings out a sermon that brings thousands of people to know Jesus. Stood upon that rock with the strength of the Holy Spirit. Wow! It's amazing what we can do through the Lord. Peter could not stand there on his own. On his own. Amen? It's like you and I, you cannot stand upon this Christian walk on our own merits. It has to be the Lord. He's strengthening it. Otherwise, man, we would run all the time. Satan would have us running seven ways from Sunday. Because of fear. You know, God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. That comes from Satan. So that fear comes over. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You know, I was blessed this past week. I had a doctor appointment. They called me up and said, listen, you want you want him to still be your doctor? I ain't seen you in a couple of years. You need to come in. And uh, so I went in for one of these things called a Medicare thing where you, they get to check you out, you know. And uh, it's funny, I went in there. Now, I take a blood pressure pill for uh, uh, for a couple of years, but the, the other day my blood pressure down to 98 over 68. And so, praise the Lord, he's delivering from it, and I won't need that pill one of these days. But we get in there in my doctor's office, and I start talking. We start talking about the Lord and ministry work. I'm there for over a half an hour. I leave. I get home. Oh, man. I never told him I need my prescription refilled. So I had to call back down and say, I need this refilled. But man, I mean, you talk about having a praying doctor. And his wife just got appointed the pastor down on 2nd Street. And the mission work and stuff they're doing. It's just amazing praying back and forth and stuff. You know, you just, you just trust the Lord. You know, I would never have been that comfortable without Jesus. I'm like the one I already preach about. You know, when you go to the doctor, you don't tell them nothing because you want them to find nothing. That was always me at one time. Yeah, I want to get in, get out, yeah, but not anymore. Yeah, here I am. You know, when you go to the doctor, remember the doctor's only going to tell you what God already knows. That brings a peace over you. Like, okay, God, I ain't going to worry about what He says. But, but just the, the strength that He gives us, man. And that's, that's what Peter, he's out there just talking. But it doesn't stop there. I'm just about done. I want to go to the 12th. Yeah, I know. I said I'm not done yet. And you guys, oh, you're right. Okay. Let's go to the 12th chapter of Acts. And you talk about standing on the rock. You, start, you talk about man. Wow. And this is where, this is where he wants us to be. Okay. We might not have the same calling of Peter. 
I mean, he was an apostle and all. I mean, he started the church. But we all got a calling somewhere. It, it could be standing for the Lord and, and lying somewhere or wherever it might be. He'll give us a strength to stand. Here, here we go. In chapter 12, verse 1. So now about this time, King Herod the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. Now that sounds kind of familiar right now, right? It's coming back around that way. Uh, people are hating us more all the time. Praise God, you know? Because he said they hated me, they're going to hate you. So they're seeing Jesus. As long as they're hating you for Jesus, okay? If they're hating you for your personality, we'll talk after church. And verse 2 it says, And he had James, James the Great, brother John, put to death with a sword. I'm executed. And when Herod saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. That was during the days of unleavened bread. When he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out before the people. So Peter was kept in the prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently, fervently by the church to God. And talk about coming full circle from a man who denied Jesus. Here he is, out there preaching. Come here, Charlie. Stand beside me for a second. I'm an illustrated preacher, okay, man? Unfortunately, you're going to be James, okay? But, well, right now, you're James. Charlie, by don't Anyway, we're out there loving Jesus. We're serving, preaching, okay? And, and Herod comes along, takes Charlie, takes James. You get me saying it now. <laughs> takes him over here because we're preaching the gospel, just sharing God's love. You know, not condemning anybody. They man, this is what he wants us to do. Come to Jesus. Woo, he died for your sins. Oh, man. And they come and, oh, Herod takes him. He takes a sword and cuts his head off. <laughs> hey, he volunteered, okay? But here I am. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, I don't want to get gross, but my, my brother in the Lord is laying down here with no head anymore. For sharing the gospel of Jesus. Now, the, the, the Peter who denied Jesus would have said, <laughs> Teach him a lesson, brother. Hey, hey, Herod, come over for dinner tonight? <laughs> See how scared I could become so quickly? Like, wow. Even though Jesus tried to tell me from the very beginning that, listen, when you come to me, they're going to treat you the same way. I mean, they're going to hate you. They're going to put something to your death. If Peter denied Jesus, he wouldn't be able to continue on. But the Peter that Jesus reinstated, the Peter that had the Holy Spirit with him, hey, listen. Hey, brother, I'll see you in heaven. You was in heaven before you had hit the ground. Continue on preaching the gospel. Standing on that rock in the middle of the temptation to run. To seeing that, knowing, hey, listen, he warned me up front. So he stood on that rock, continued to preach, and they arrested him. Okay. 
I'm yours, Lord. Use me as you want. And we know the story. He goes in. He, they have four guards. They got like sixteen uh, people guarding him and stuff. And the church, the church is praying. What's Peter doing? He's sleeping, resting in the Lord. Wow! And the angel sent forth, woke Peter up. Oh, oh, what do you want? Let's get out of here. Oh, well, okay. Well, my execution is three hours. <laughs> and he took him outside because his time wasn't done yet. But he did that to the strength of the Holy Spirit. He did that by relationship with Jesus. And folks, he'll do the same with us. You know, that temptation, thank you, James. Appreciate you. That temptation of trying to draw you away from God, deny the Lord, might not be as severe as what we just had. It, it could be someone coming to entertain you, someone coming to uh, uh, take you back where you came from. And, and that desire there to jump back in where you come from. Because you you're tired of fighting. You're tired, you're tired of the stuff in your head, aren't you? You got the devil over here, and you got the Holy Spirit over here, back and forth, back and forth. Ah, I'm telling you what, you can wear the devil down. The Bible says to resist the devil, keep resisting. He never said this would be easy. But he's there with you. But what you're doing right now is awesome. You're coming in, you're hearing the word of God, you're being encouraged. What took place before we got here on planet Earth? Knowing that God has entrusted you with the ministry His Son Jesus Christ started. He said, I've given you keys to heaven and hell. I've given you the power to bind and loose. That's how awesome you are. And with God. I said, come on. I don't care how many times you deny me. Come to me. I surrender it all. In this past week, you know, I'm going to read it. I read... John in two, three different translations. And uh, I'll continue to read them. It just, I mean, we went from always being here, the talks off that way, about making wine at a wedding, feeding people, raising the dead. And that is your God. And he said, what I have done, you will do also. Even greater things. Greater number of things. So we close out today. Just remember, don't let anybody put you down. Don't let your past hinder your future. That old man's dead. You know, I forget who says it, but he doesn't send me a card in my address. I don't live there no more. Amen? amen. <laughs> Rita says amen. Yeah, okay, for sure. You got a new place. No, I don't live there. This is where I live at. I live in the presence of the Lord. So don't give up. If you're struggling, man, you find someone to struggle with you, turn your seat and pray for you. Prayer is very, very powerful. Again, Peter's he's laying in jail. And it was those outside that was praying, interceding for him. What is God's will for this situation? Peter in prison? 
I'm not sure, but I know this. I'm going to intervene. But the devil don't stop the will that he has for Peter. And no doubt, John the Baptist, you all remember hearing about him, right? In prison. Surely people were praying for him. And he had his head removed. Why? We kind of said it himself, I must decrease for the Lord to increase. He had done he had done what God had called him to do. Boom, in the presence of God. But surely the church has interceded that God's will be done, not the devil. And with us, hey, it's time for me to go home. May I go home because the Lord has called me home. And not that I fell in love with baking grease. You know what? Or other things that He can tempt me with. Amen? Moderation, the whole thing on that. Amen. So be encouraged. And we'll continue next week with some other parts of this here. But uh, God is here. He's for us. He loves us. There's nothing you've ever done that will shame Him for not loving you. Surrender your life to Him. Follow Him. Be hated and persecuted by the world. Join the family. But love one another. Amen? Amen. Praise God. God is awesome. Let's pray. Father, we do thank You for the gathering of the saints this morning. We thank You for Your Word. We thank You for Peter and his documentation of his life, Father. We thank You for the rest, rest, <laughs> restoring power of the blood of Jesus. We thank You that You took us from our nothingness and made something out of us through Your Spirit. And we're resting in Your hands, God, to use us, to mold us. And Father uses us this week to share the Gospel. And Father, I know Your Word is true. And You say You meet our needs as a rich and glory in Christ Jesus. And not to fear. And Father, we have no fear. We just rely upon You. Forgive us our shortcomings. Forgive us our sins. Forgive us for our own ugliness. Or for the times that we fly off the handle. God, we just want to be more like You and represent You wherever we go. We just speak life into this nation. And that Asbury College, that Holy Spirit, would just blow north, south, east, and west. God, they touch the hearts of men and women and children, Lord. Our great revival for your glory, Father, for your glory. And we just, we just speak against right now anything, the devil, any of the networks, whatever we're going to do to try to shut this thing down, we bind it in the name of Jesus. And we lose that healing power of the Holy Spirit. We place the blood of Christ over our children, our children's children. Declare them for the kingdom of God. We speak for this nation, Father. That your blessing pour upon this nation once again. God, the hedge of protection around men and women who are raising up to the name of Yeshua to guide this country. We thank you, Father, for exposing the truth, uncovering the lies. And may men and women stand up, Father. Stand up for this nation, truly one nation under Yahweh. And may those who come against this country, Father, be brought to justice. But may your mercy apply to them, Father. That not one of them would perish without knowing you, Lord. You got our hearts go out for those over in Syria and Turkey. Be with those who are in the recovery process. May what they see, Father, not bring them nightmares. And show us how we may help. Tell us, God, to be your glory. 
And Father, touch Brother Kenny's back today to straighten his back, to take away his pain. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.